Sans Pants Radio, Australia's dumbest podcast network. Before she strapped me into my screen-proof bed each night, my mother used to whisper to me, Adam, D&D is for nerds is holding another art competition. Three lucky people are going to have the chance to win a copy of the Wardlings campaign book. For years, I never really understood what she meant, but now I guess I do, since if you enjoyed the lovely little adventure, Trouble at Farrowind Farm, then do I have news for you. Just create any art inspired by something you loved or hated on D&D is for Nerds and post it to Twitter or Instagram with the hashtag DNDDNDNerdsArt to enter. If you find yourself social media scared like myself, then you can also email your art to sanspantsradio at gmail.com. Entries close September 30th and winners will be announced on October 9th. Good luck and don't forget the hashtag DNDNerdsArt. On a related note, once she was done brushing my teeth, my mother also used to sing my favorite song. Dear little one, your friend handsome Tom has turned the Audicus adventure into a novel. If you loved Jackson going Griffin mad, then just go to our merch store. Boy, if only I knew how prophetic that was. To purchase a physical copy, ebook, or even both in a bundle, just head on down to sanspantsradio.com and click the link for merch. Now, on to the show. <laughs> Once, many years ago, when the sun still shone brightly, there lived a brave and cunning adventurer named Sir Jordan Grace. Having just saved the town of Ampwick from the great and terrible necro-wizard, he decided to celebrate with his good friends and companions. But, unbeknownst to him, something terrible was awakening deep beneath the earth, and his time in Ampwick was far from over. Welcome to episode 4 of Fall from Grace, part 2, The City. Previously. Then you have Swarm of Cranium Rats. Ah, this is sounding right. How is there a page for Illilith? <laughs> this is, this, this, this is more evidence to my Emmanuel de Monster was written by 50 people over years. <laughs> they are insidious masterminds that harvest entire races for their own twisted ends. Four tentacles snake from their octopus-like heads, flexing in hungry anticipation when sentient creatures come near. And then the guard you were talking to says, uh, just don't tell him I sent you through. I wouldn't. They step aside. If we checked any of these people for brains, I guess we wouldn't think to. No, if you <laughs> haven't, I know you wouldn't. <laughs> well, now it's on my mind. <laughs> you know, it's really dangerous. What is? <laughs> I know it's coming. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just goofing. A lot just happened then, Zen. But the uh, the coroner is gone. That is going to be a problem. I'd like to start like in the dust on the floor, mapping something out. Like mm-hmm. maybe maybe Ampwick. Maybe it's political. Captain Anded leans forward in his unconscious state, and you hear you his mouth opens, and he makes that noise, and then his ear begins to move. It's it's sometimes referred to as an illithid tadpole. A I brain slug. Crack open my lady's slipper journal and begin writing. But instead of transforming the creature, it takes control of the creature. Okay, cool. All right. What was that about? Just a, you know, a concerned member of nobility. <laughs> Zinmalin turns around and asks no further questions. <laughs> I say that with the, exactly the same tone I said it then. <laughs> After inspecting the body of Lady Anel's brother, you get back to the lightning axe. 
and Sir Richard Ware and Thudu are also there. How how was your day? I say to them as I, maybe as I sit down at like the the table everyone's at. Thudu shakes her head and says, "There were no leads that we could find." That's a shame. We we searched around. Doesn't seem like anyone really knows anything, unfortunately. That's fair. I I relay everything we discovered. I, I, things are heating up, gang. As you're having the conversation, so Richard Ware, maybe you talk about the convert or like mm. the lonely Elithid. And so Richard Ware notes that in his and Thudu's search, they came up with no like there are missing persons, but none that are suspicious. Yeah, okay. There might be a couple of missing persons, but they're like probably like skipped town or yeah, something. Yeah, like yeah. It's like, it's a medieval city. It's hard to keep track of everyone. Yeah, none of them seem like anything untoward. Every every single missing person within town can kind of be accounted for. Oh, okay. As as in like someone who had a lot of debt and they probably left to another town. Hmm. Or someone who had like a mistress or something like that and they've probably run off with sure. the mistress. That sort of stuff. Well at the table I'd like to be like, let's establish I mean if everybody's up for it, let's try and establish a timeline. Okay. So a month ago, Gnomish Trading Company arrives. That's probably our first point in, in, in our timeline, correct? Thudu says, well, I would say it's, uh, wasn't it a little bit more than a month? Only a couple days, though. That's true. Okay, yeah, a couple days, month and a bit, the Gnomish Trading Company arrives. Then we start to get disappearances or, or, or murders. Okay, so the, who was the first to go? The f- Erp, clearly the most recent, but... Previous to that, was it the nobles? Was it um, Lady Anel's brother? He was among the first, but he wasn't the first. Okay, there's still some we don't know about as well. That's true. Yeah, there. Uh, the first to go was Jane. Cool. So, Jane was a a professional, so like someone who worked a trade. Sure. Okay. So the Nova's Training Company arrives. Jane murdered. Okay. Then several other people murdered. Lady and El's brother. So we have a series of murders after the Gnomish Trading Company. The first murders mm. are in the Castle Pier. Oh, and that's right. Castle Pier, Grand Market, Nobles Village, the inner part of the city. Yeah. Then they start spiraling outwards. You get ones in the North Market. You get ones in the Fae Castle Farthing, okay. the Artist District, the Armourer's Village, and the Southgate Market. It doesn't seem like there's any noticeable pattern to these, does there? They definitely get further. Every kill is a little bit further from Castle Pier. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. The okay. Armourer's Village is by far... Well, not by far. It's the furthest one out, but by, like, a slight margin, probably. Yeah, okay, okay. The Armourer's Village, where where that kill was, was very close to one of the two south gates. So one of the actual exits to the city. Is it trying to leave? Maybe. Hmm. Where says, maybe it's uh, hiding in a building right here, in this very building. <laughs> Thudu shakes her head. Zinralin says, a building in the building, of course. <laughs> well, it must be in the city somewhere. I, I mean, like, there's just no way to figure out from this pattern because nothing's centralized. I mean, I guess it's kind of all centralized about, about Castle... Uh, Castle Pier. Castle Pier, really. Hmm. Hmm. Well, tomorrow I'm going to head down to the docks. You're all welcome to join me. I'm going to chat to some people about the Gnomish Trading Company. Do we know much about where the Gnomish Trading Company 
like like how far reaching it is. Do you know what I mean? Like what's our what's our base knowledge of the Nomus Trading Company? Mm, you know that you've seen them around Candor. Okay. Like they're big. Yeah. They're the closest this medieval world has to like a, a like a megacorp. Yeah, a megacorp basically. <laughs> yeah, okay. They're Typically considered very nice people. Yeah, they're very industrious. Well, they're gnomes, you know. Yeah, <laughs> they've never they've never really been implicated with anything unpleasant. You know that they hate slave trading. They refuse to deal with anyone who even deals with slave traders. Okay. You know that they do a lot of business with the dwarves. They do a lot of business with Candor as well, but a lot of business with the dwarves. Then some business with the elves. The elves don't typically like the products produced by the Gnomish Merchant okay. Company. But yeah, they're they're very mm, they're right. very far reaching. They all go right. all over. Another question, just just out of curiosity, do I know what if there would be any political implications to say a member of House Grace marrying a member of House Inel? <laughs> House Grace is a very old and proud lineage. You come from, like, people who have had the king's ear for years. Mm. You are maybe kind of distantly related to the king, like a third or fifth cousin, maybe, of the king. Yeah, sure. So you're, you're like, a very big, important noble house. Lady Anel comes from a less reputable house. It's also technically a foreign house. Her house is... It's very close in a lot of ways, closely tied with Blue Beach rather than with Candor. And especially with her like with her half brother, there's been a lot yeah, of scandals right. and stuff mm. like that. Controversy. She would definitely be marrying up. Yeah. Your house is probably a lot richer, but her house in Blue Beach is a lot more important. Yeah, okay. Cool. All right. No, good to know. Just just curious. <laughs> you know that. Well, you maybe if you're trying to rationalize things mm. a little bit as well, you know that Blue Beach and Candor are trying to be a lot more friendlier recently okay. because there's like a big unification push. Cool. So you know that if you were to marry, or you if you're like I said, if you're trying to justify just, things, just thinking, you know, a marriage between Lady Anel's house, which mm. is a very important, very important, strategically to Blue Beach. kind of important. It yeah. could be, yeah, it could be seen as a very good strategic move. All the right. king might even praise you for it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's uh, that doesn't sound too shabby at all. <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, And hey, glass slipper and glass rose. Come on. (laughs) Cool. Um, Well, in that case, I guess after after we kind of discuss it, figure out a timeline, uh, I suppose it'll be time for bed. You head back into your beds. Mm -hmm. You have a restful sleep that I will mark on your character sheet. One restful sleep. (laughs) Tally them up. Tally them up. How many have you had over the course of the adventure? (laughs) The next day rolls around mm. after a, a a nice meal. You, I presume, head towards yeah, yeah. head towards the docks. Yeah, all right. Is everybody coming with me? I would say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I think everyone. There's not much else. Like Thudu and Sir Richard Ware are kind of tired of hitting dead ends. Yeah, right look, now. fair. You can tell that Richard Ware as well is kind of itching for a fight. He. <laughs> He, maybe he has like an expression that you do not like. <laughs> that he has he has an expression where he's like, I need to spill blood one way or another 
every week. Otherwise, it's no good. <laughs> That's his expression. <laughs> he has that tattooed on his chest. <laughs> Those exact words. That's such a long tattoo. <laughs> it's mostly hidden by his chest hair. My God. He's like Gaston levels. Oh, yeah, I imagine. It is thick. As we're walking, maybe I'll be like, after this is over, it'll be nice to have maybe some kind of adventure not in a city. Do you know what I mean? So Richard Ware nods. I, I, um, I think, I think I'm getting a bit sick and tired of all the grey. He mm. says, gesturing to the buildings around you. Sure enough, this city is not that pretty. It's been a while since we've fought. I, I don't know, say a giant in a meadow. You know what I mean? Doo doo nods. You can see her. She's like. She's got like a faraway look, maybe maybe remembering a time that you have fought hill giants. And you can see, with, with that far, faraway look, she says almost to herself, yeah, giants would be fun. <laughs> so much body to hit. Um, Good. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll head to the docks. There's still construction going on around the that, that headquarters or the we- headquarters west. <laughs> no, 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 no. Headquarters W. <laughs> yeah. A big sign on the inside building. The outside building has maybe maybe selected by someone like less yeah. less <laughs> less gnome. <laughs> a more reasonable name on the outside gate, but then the inside building has West <laughs> a, a, sorry. <laughs> Merchant West. Yeah, name. yeah. Cool. Me- cool. Merchant W, sorry. Yeah. Fuck. Oh god. How embarrassing. So <laughs> You are you going? You're gonna like sneak your way in again, or are you just going through the front? Just go through the, the front door. Like we're, right. we're just going to speak to a, a Visarel, right? Oh, she doesn't work here. She works at the Harbor Master's office. Oh, okay, but this. Well, you know what? I might. I might. Maybe I'll try to. Oh, maybe I will head to the Harbor Master's office. Actually, all right. So you go yeah. instead to see. I just uh, don't Eris know how involved the gnomes are. All right. Eris- Maybe I'll explain that. Maybe as we approach the thing, I'll be like, wait, no, no. I, I don't know how involved the gnomes are. Let's let's head and speak to mm, a visceral. Richard Ware just makes like a mm sound. And you can tell that he... He <laughs> was- made the realisation and was like, good, a fight maybe. <laughs> yeah, so Richard Ware clearly wanted to pick up a gnome and shake it. <laughs> you head instead to the Harbour Master's office. Eris Arell is a busy, busy woman. Mm. She has multiple, she, like, she is surrounded by, like, helpers, assistants, PAs, that sort of stuff. And they are constantly, like, they grab a sheet, look at it, speak to a person, give it to her, speak to her. She signs, she makes decisions. She's like, it's yeah. like watching a spider in the middle of its web, constantly pulling in lines and pushing out lines. Oh. <sighs> She has a, a narrow face with an auburn hair and brown eyes. She wears modest garments, but you can see that a large holy symbol that shows a sun and moon on it dangles around her neck. Maybe I'll turn to Thudu and be like, it's going to suck to interrupt this. Uh, Miss Aurel, can we have a moment of your time? She gestures and two assistants part so that you can come in on one of the strands. <laughs> She's like a god. <laughs> You we'll come in, seat. she, in between making decisions, looks at you and says, how can I help you? So, I'll try to be quick, because clearly you're quite busy. Uh, you're aware, obviously, that the Nomis Trading Company came in about a month and a bit ago, and that there have been a whole bunch of disappearances in the city recently. I was just wondering if there was anything notable or interesting about the uh, Nomis Trading Company setting, setting up, anything that happened during that time. She 
She's doing all of this in between. Imagine every like second sentence, she turns <laughs> to someone else, makes a quick decision, yep. turns back and continues as if there hadn't been an interruption. So powerful. She says back to you, I would say that there. I've dealt with many a gnome. No, yes, yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've dealt with many a gnome before in my time. Sure. I would say that of the gnomes I've dealt with, they are possibly the most boring and obnoxious gnomes I have. Yes, no, 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 yes, yes. I have ever met in my entire life. Okay. They, I would say, seem quite normal to me, and all of their business dealings have been, no, 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 have been up front and pretty, you know, on board. They like to keep everything, they like a lot of paperwork, and they like a lot of handshakes and meetings. No, yes, yes, no. I would say, however, that they probably, since moving here, have seemed a bit depressed, maybe. No, yes, yes. Okay, sure. Is there a gnomish ship or, or vessel still in, in the dock? There's quite a few, yes. No, no, no. Okay, any of them been here for about a month ago since since arrival? Oh, not really. Mm. Yes, there have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, thrown. Uh, we, we'd, I suppose it's pretty f- much perpetually been a gnomish ship in dock. Okay. If we oh, wanna... wait, do you mean the same one? No. no yes, no. yeah, uh, yes. Yes, all right. Well, oh, no. <laughs> Right. In that case, no. There's never been one ship perpetually in dock. Okay. No, no, yes. But there have been multiple ships coming in and out, sometimes the same ship. Uh, th- thank you very much. I, I turned the Fudus in and, and, and um, uh, Dickie Ware. Uh, any t- questions you have while we're here? Thudu steps forward and asks a bunch of questions about the gnomes and how they've been acting. And maybe hearing about the depression stuff, Thudu asks specifically... Can you tell me how they're depressed? Yeah. Well, I would say no, no. I would say that they they've seen less amicable or personable since they've moved here themselves. Okay. I'd had to deal with them. They've been my liaison. No, no. Yes. I want it in blue. They <laughs> they've seen they've seemed very like they've traveled here for shorter trips to speak with me and they've sent a lot of letters and they've always wanted a lot of paperwork, very detailed, very signed, and they pretty much perpetually want to go out for a drink of some type. Okay. When they're here at least. Except when they've moved here, I assume that they're quite sad to be no, 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 that one in pink, the other one in blue. They've wanted to not really speak to me directly so much or hang out with me so much. I have to assume that it's because they're feeling sad. Do they do they do they often come out of the Gnomish Trading Company building? No, yes, yes, no. She says to you the final <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I'd like to turn to Zin, Fudu and, and Dick and see if that has struck a nerve with them as well. Zinmalin obviously seems suspicious of the situation. When you look at her says I've never known a gnome to not want to go out. Every single gnome I've ever known has been the most annoying person I've ever met. I say, does it? So- Richard Ware says, don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to look at Richard Ware, then look back to Zinn. This is very strange for gnomes. I love a gnome, Ware says. <laughs> you're wondering now if he's referring to a drink called a gnome. <laughs> does Richard Ware know where we are? That's the question. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for your for your time, um, Varel. Um, yeah, I, I think you've given us some pretty valuable information. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure meeting you. <laughs> Those were two. 
different conversations. Rightio, we'll let you get back to your work. All right, we'll we'll head back outside. You slowly retract from the spider's (laughs) web. Yeah, yeah. I'm not leaving the building. Come on, I say to everybody. That's that's going to be where our either where our lithid is or where our lithid is changing people. Doo doo nods. Yes, I would say so. Probably. Yeah. I would say it's definitely worth a look. Maybe a very cautious look. Yeah, I don't think we want to jump in swords blazing right now, but or, or straight away. But certainly, although when I was running from the guards earlier, I did have a look in the building, and I I, I didn't see much really. But nevertheless, let's 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 investigate in some capacity. We'll make our way towards the Gnomish Trading Company HQ. You arrive at the front gate. There are. Uh, workers still about. They look at you curiously. Um, maybe, maybe we'll just like walk past, and then while we're no kind of, none of the none of them stop you. Yeah, well, yeah. But if we stand out the front, oh, like, oh I, I mean, it may maybe we should like walk past just to give it like a sweep, and then when we're out of earshot, come up with a plan. Oh, I see. Sorry. Yeah, yeah you walk past the building, yeah. stop at a street corner, and just yeah. loiter for a moment. Yeah. So. I mean, one option, obviously, is that we head in. I, I just say, hi, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm Sir Grace. This is Sir Grace's companions. We're just looking for any information. We're just, you know, about the disappearances. We're just talking to everybody. We just get a, a feel for what their reaction is. Where nods, but you can see that he's, like, tensing up. Mm. He Maybe Richard Ware somehow has, a like, a sixth sense for a fight. <laughs> like, his muscles tingle a little bit when a fight is coming close. It's mm. not like a fight that he causes. Yeah. It's like... He just knows. Like, yeah, like how like how someone someone's knee might get might start feeling pain or, or something Or dogs like start barking before a hurricane. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richard Ware's muscles tingle before a fight happens, and he says, hmm... Kind of like thoughtfully, but also you've never known Richard Ware to be thoughtful. So, <laughs> Dudu nods and says, I, I would say that we should be very, very careful. Yeah. Keep our wits about us and maybe yeah. not, maybe even plug our ears. <laughs> that is not the worst idea. <laughs> Zinvalin, yeah, Zinvalin has a moment where she's like, that is stupid. But then she considers things and she's like, mm, mm. <laughs> maybe. What if we got to plug our ears with? It'll be quiet. Do we have any wax, like from arrows or anything? I don't know if wax goes into the creation of an arrow. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your kindness. (laughs) I'm at for candles. (laughs) I Yes, sorry. Oh, fantastic. Thudu does have, not wax, but she has candles. So you could fashion something out of it. Maybe we'll just fashion some some earplugs, basically. Yeah, all right, cool. You fashion some basic kind of earplugs out of uh, out of your <laughs> out of some candles that mm-hmm. Thudu. May, maybe you just tilt your head to the side and Thudu melts a little earwax yeah. in. It's a bit painful, <laughs> but you know, I I think it's also supposed to be. Oh no, you're supposed to put the candle in the ear <laughs> and then pull that. it out. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. As as once we're all done, I'll be like, look, this this protects our ears, but not our noses. So. I don't know. Just be able to look at Richard Ware puts his hand on his nose and pinches it. Okay. He looks very pleased with himself. I don't, I don't even want to. That's fine. All right. Well, we'll turn around and we'll walk into the Gnomish HQ. You get through the gate in the wall without too much trouble. 
When you get to the front door, however, there's an armed guard standing there. You didn't see him here the other night. He looks, well, he looks a bit impressive. He's wearing plate mail. Okay. So he's, there's been some money put into this. Hmm. The plate mail bears the insignia of the Gnomish Merchant Company, but he himself is not a gnome. He's a human. So a mercenary, possibly. Yeah, probably. I give him a nod and just try to walk past. What's your business? Uh, well, we're adventurers. And uh, we're investigating the disappearances that have been happening in the city and the murders. We're kind of just speaking to everyone. We know there have been some incidents here on the dock, and Gnomish Trading Company building is in a pretty good location for seeing anything suspicious. So we're just coming inside to talk. Your Sir Grace, he says. Uh, at your service. We've been expecting you. He opens the door and lets you in. Mm, that's no good to hear. <laughs> like, maybe turn around, like, wide-eyed to everybody and then just walk inside. They look a little, not wide-eyed back at you, but they there's, like, an understanding between all of you that there's a tension now. Yeah, cool. As you step inside, this room is divided into two spaces, basically two offices. One of them looks like it's the office for multiple people, and the other one looks like the person in charge's office. So the office that is used by multiple people is currently only being staffed by one gnome who is sitting with his back to the window, exactly as you saw him the other night, writing on pieces of paper. Hope he's moved in that time. <laughs> yeah, well, he looks actually to be in the same position as he was last time. Do you pay him much notice? He doesn't look up when you I'll, I'll, I'll glance into, like, I'll look into the room, but not. I'm not going to go in or anything. Okay. Oh, wait, you haven't entered the building? No, 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 he's in... Uh, oh, they're two built. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's two rooms. One of the rooms is like an office space with multiple desks yeah. for multiple people, but there's only one gnome staffing any of those desks. Cool. There's another room. The door is open. Yeah. You can see in, and it looks like just a single desk, a single person's office. Okay. That is unstaffed. There is, however, a gnome standing in the doorway who addresses you as you come in. Uh. But also of importance, you see that there are eight other mercenaries standing around this room. Mm. So here are your options as you sure. enter the building. You can pay attention to the gnome in the doorway. You can pay attention to the gnome at the desk, or you can pay attention to the mercenaries. Or actually, fourth option, you can pay attention to your allies. Let's pay attention to that gnome at the desk. All right. You look over at the gnome at the desk he looks like he is wearing literally the same clothes as the other night. Mm. He is wearing... His hair is, like, in the literally the same position. He looks like he has not gotten up. You also spy that there's a piece of paper in front of him. He is writing on the piece of paper, but is just, like, scribbling. It is not gnomish. It's not a language you don't understand. He's just drawing on the piece of paper, like, loops over and over and over again. That's no good. All right. The gnome in the doorway addresses you. Hello, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name is Drip Van Drongle. God. Mr. Susan. <laughs> hey, what's up? Mr. Susan, it's a pleasure to meet you. I've been your host. <laughs> but you can just call me Mr. Susan twice. <laughs> okay, Mr. Susan twice. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 
A lot of people get caught up on that. They call me Mr. Susan, Mr. Susan. It's just Mr. Susan twice. Please, Mr. Susan, Mr. Susan was my father's <laughs> name and his father before him, and then it ended. <laughs> <laughs> or I should say that's where it began. He laughs. I give him a polite chuckle. <laughs> um, well, we were just wondering if we could ask you a couple of questions. Of course, please. Would you like to come into my office? All right. Now you get an opportunity to look at a second thing. Okay, let's look at those mercenaries. All right. The mercenaries all have one hand... Not all. It's not like a... They don't look like they're all being the one person. Okay, cool. They're all in slightly different stances with slightly different holds. And maybe you know enough about combat to tell that all of them have slightly different techniques. Yeah, sure. But all of them have one hand kind of like loosely at their side and another hand lightly gripping the hilt of their weapon. Got a lot of uh, security, I say to Mr. Susan twice. Don't want any break-ins. I suppose that's fair. All right. So, oh, did you say that to him twice or did you miss miss say his name? <laughs> I said Mr. Susan twice, didn't I? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, do you say that that twice and say his name wrong? Or do you say it once and say his name right? (laughs) Say it once and say his name right. All right, cool. You you enter his office. Please, let's leave the formalities behind and let's leave your compatriots behind. I want to have a conversation one-on-one. Okay, I'd like to turn around and look at... Everybody. Zinmulin. Zinmulin fixes you with a, a look that you've never seen before. Fear. Oh, no. And maybe, well, Thudu seems tense, but kind of like just ready for anything. Richard Ware has, he's like looking at the mercenaries and you can see that there's a wiry smile on his face. Maybe as I as I turn to look at them, I'll... Ah, damn, my spear would be on my back, not anywhere that I can, like, gently brush against it to be like, hey, look, get ready for combat. But I'll I'll give everybody a look that I'm sure after years of adventuring together, they can understand is like, hey, uh, there's a ticking clock (laughs) happening right now, uh, and it is definitely counting down to some violence. All right, so you go into the private room? Yeah. In the room... The gnome sits down opposite you at the desk and gestures to a seat in front of him. I sit. As you step into the room, you feel the door close behind you, but no one put their hand on the door and did anything. You turn around and you can see behind you, in, like the in where the door was, mm. there is a strange-looking creature. You can see that it has pushed the door closed with one of its tendrils. It's not an elithid, and you are startled by its appearance. It is this creature. Oh, my God, what? <laughs> okay. It hovers in the air. It looks... It looks similar to a creature you've only heard of called a beholder, mm-hmm. but it has maybe more tentacles than that, and its eyes are all misty white. We're going to go to initiative because it sees you seeing it. All right. Cool beans. Oh, no. Oh, no. This kicked off so much quicker than I thought it would. Well, if you hadn't seen it, yeah, look, if this would only have been fine, and it would have just come up behind you and tried to eat your brain. If maybe. only I'd had worse eyes. All right. Grace, you're first. 
Okay, does it it seems obvious that it is like lunging forward for an attack, yeah? When it spots you spotting it, mm. yeah, it definitely clocks you looking at it because you were a bit uh, Actually, yeah. If you want, I would allow you to make a deception check as your action to pretend like you were shocked by something else maybe. Yeah, okay, sure. Sure, let's do that. You get a negative one to deception, so all right. No, you spend your action pantomiming surprise. Okay. But unfortunately, the creature definitely <laughs> clocks you. How did the door close by itself? <laughs> the creature levels one of its eyes. It, it has tentacles. The tentacles beneath it do not have eyes attached, yeah. but the tentacles above it each end in like a glassy eye. It levels one of them, and it Fires. Fires? Yeah, a beam of energy, I mean. Oh, okay. A beam of energy comes out of the eye and strikes you, or at least attempts to strike you. God damn. You feel some energy trying to overwhelm your mind, but you manage to fight it off. Then another one tries to shoot at you. Oh, Oh, dear. You feel it trying to overwhelm your body this time. And then finally, a third attempt. It assaults you with psychic and physical energy. Maybe I back up against the desk as it's happening. You feel it all washing over you, but you manage to resist it. The creature is quite clearly trying to incapacitate rather than kill. It's the mercenary's turn. They can't tell what's happened just yet. And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, you know what I'm not? Clever about where I go online. The amount of shady websites I end up on trying to track down real Sasquatch footage or whatever, it's it's phenomenal. But you know what else I'm not? Concerned for my online security. And that's because I use NordVPN. I'd actually always been sort of reluctant to download a VPN because it seemed a little bit like internet magic to me. But then I went ahead and did it and I actually just couldn't believe how quickly I was browsing securely and streaming TV shows with no restrictions. It's literally just a click and you're good to go. Your account also covers you for up to six devices, so I immediately installed it on my phone and my laptop as well so that I could browse securely in bed. Yes, I sleep next to my laptop in bed. It's probably dangerous. Grow up. If you want to help yourself to NordVPN, and I can't imagine why you wouldn't, right now you can get 68% off a two-year plan plus one additional month for free when you go to nordvpn.com slash nerds or use the code dndsfornerds. That's D-N-D-I-S-F-O-R-N-E-R-D-S. This special offer also just makes your subscription only $3.71 per month. And if it's not for you, that's no stress. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash nerds to take control of your internet again. So go on, find real pictures of Sasquatch without worrying about your online security. When I was young, my mother always used to tell me, Adam, if you won't play in the front yard like a man, then at least have the common decency to step aside so we can focus on your brother. Now, I don't know what that meant, but I'm here to let you know that I'm streaming now from my own personal channel on twitch.tv forward slash retro archetype. If you loved the crazy antics of Adam Falls Out or my complete mismanagement of the tropical paradise in Tropico 4, then drop by to see some stupid fun. There's a consistent schedule, but I will sometimes be doing surprise streams at odder hours. So follow me at twitch.tv forward slash retro archetype. A-R-C-H-E-T-Y-P-E if you want the notification. Hope to see you there. 
You're not sure what's happening inside until you hear Sir Richard Ware bellowing a scream. (laughs) 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 You hear the telltale sign of a head hitting the ground, (laughs) rolling Uh, around and coming to a stop. Richard, you champion. Unless that's his head. (laughs) (laughs) Voodoo's turn. With a terrifying... Not terrifying... No, it's a bit surprising. So with a terrifying crunching sound, the door between the two rooms comes off its hinges as Thudu kicked at it. <laughs> to try and get it in the dead center, she had to jump up off uh, the ground and land both of her feet in the center. What a champion. So she's prone, but as she gets up, the door <laughs> clatters to the ground. Oh, that's so then powerful. it is Zinwalin's turn. Oh, come on, Zin. You're so weak. Come on. Zinwalin stands in the doorway, quite clearly trying to get away from the mercenaries who have all drawn weapons. But standing in the doorway, kind of puts her next to the creature. Mm. She looks at that, and you can see absolute terror on her face. She raises both of her hands and Throwing them down until they touch the ground, she screams out in a language you don't understand two simple words. There's a booming lightning sound right where she is, and then she appears next to the gnome. Hell yeah. That creature where she... All right. So where she was, that explosion ripples outwards, and you can see that it pierces the flesh of the creature. The creature takes 15 points of damage. Oof. Fuck yeah, goes in. It would be knocked prone, but it is it immune is to that. It is floating, it seems. Actually, while, when she does that, she reaches out for your hand. You can take it if you want. Sure. Uh, oh, will that move me away from... From the creature? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I feel like I'm about to go next. So. All right. When she reaches out for your hand, if you don't grab it, yeah. she just slams her hands onto the ground and does that. Cool. Then it is the gnome's turn. The gnome, uh, while with Zinwalin standing next to her, tries to sock her. He swings but misses her completely. Then it what? is your turn, so Grace. What's the thing that Richard Ware always has tattooed on his chest? <laughs> uh, I need to I need to spill blood once a week at least, otherwise I get antsy. <laughs> or maybe under my breath, I'm like, I need to spill blood at least once a week, otherwise I get antsy. And then I'll leap at the tentacled monster and try and impale it with my spear. Drawing cinder, you launch forward. <sighs> using one hand or two? Uh, let's go two. All right. I'll try and sort of impale up. You strike it. Yep, twice. You strike it twice. The first time you spear it, you deal... What's that? 13 points of damage, getting it kind of directly in its middle eye. Then drawing the spear out, you stab again, trying to get it in the same location. But the creature turns so that you stab it just next to the eye instead. You deal another seven points of damage. No worries. And then it is its turn. It reaches out with its tentacles and tries to grapple you. Oh, no. That's a critical hit, my friend. Oh, dear me. Um, who's healed? For the next 1d6 rounds, you must make a DC 14 constitution saving throw when attempting to move five feet or more. On a failed save, you fall prone. Oh, gosh. Okay, okay. Look, just be glad it didn't double the damage because, wow. Oh, boy. How? Okay. 
You take 14 points of damage. Oh, boy. And you need to make a saving throw or you are grappled. Uh, Yeah, you are grappled in its tentacles. Then, oh, and you need to make an intelligence saving throw. You pass the intelligence saving throw. As it grapples with its tentacles around you, you feel it channeling psychic energy into you. You can tell that, once again, it's trying to overwhelm your mind. It still doesn't work. Somehow you have an iron will. (laughs) Giving up on that, it instead drags you closer underneath it, and you see in the middle of the mass of all those tentacles, directly underneath it, is a beak. It shoves your head into that beak. Fuck. You take a further 10 points of piercing damage. That was its turn. The mercenaries take their turn. There are fewer of them now. Cool. Great. As Unky Dick has beheaded at least one of them. (laughs) Miss, miss, miss. Miss one hit. (laughs) Richard Ware takes three points of damage. You hear laughter in the other room. (laughs) Look, Grace's. you got to get up pretty early in the day to get one over on Grace's companions. So Richard Ware says, that's not how you break an arm. You hear a scream. <laughs> this is how you break an arm. Oh, my God. <laughs> you hear the telltale sign of an arm hitting the ground, disconnected from the rest of a body. Holy shit, Richard Ware. <gasps> my fucking goodness. Thudu barrels into the room. She looks at you and looks at the creature. Let go of him, you ape! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Thudu, sure. She casts Spiritual Weapon. Cool. She prays to the gods, and a floating spectral weapon appears on the other side of the creature so that she's flanking with it. So both her and the Spiritual Weapon attack. Cool. The Spiritual, let's say, War Axe strikes the creature, dealing it... Four points of damage, and then Thudu... Oh, no, critical miss. Oh, no. On the rebound, your weapon bounces off the target and strikes you in the face. Take the weapon's damage, and you have disadvantage on your next attack. So Thudu's mace strikes her instead, dealing six points of damage to Thudu, and she'll have disadvantage on her next attack. She is, however, fine. Like, she's got a bruise on her nose. But she's okay. Yeah, she'll be fine. Then it is Zinwalin's turn. Zinwalin, standing next to that gnome, draws out of her cloak, it seems, she draws a ball of fire, which she throws directly (laughs) at that gnome. Point-blank range into the gnome's face. At point-blank range, the ball of fire strikes the gnome dead in his face, dealing 14 points of damage. The gnome's head combusts until it is nothing but a blackened cinder. His head has been burned off his body. Wow. The gnome collapses. Points in. And you hear scuffling on the other side. You think the other gnome is maybe trying to attack where? The writing gnome? Yeah, yeah, the one that was writing. Maybe you see through the doorway... You see Richard Ware staggering around with a gnome on his back. The gnome has the quill in his hand and is stabbing it into Ware's back. Oh, my God. Oh, that's He's going to have a weird ink tattoo now. That's crazy. I'm going to have to play Connect the Dots with this tattoo later, Ware says. 
in years to come where we'll tell ladies that it is a constellation. <laughs> <laughs> so, Grace, it's your turn. Uh, I would like to, first of all, second wind. All right. Just to get some HP back. I believe you only get... A- 1d10 plus 5? Yeah. It doesn't... It should really... I don't know. I would prefer it if it was, like, instead of plus 5, it became, like, 2d10. 3D10. Yeah, me too. That'd be much better, but hey. Look, 10 hit points back is nothing to sneeze I'll at. take it, yeah. Good bonus action as well. So, hey. All right. What do you want to do? Uh, do I think... Okay, is You this- can't use your spear in a grapple anymore. You could start just punching it up its clacker, <laughs> but you... Yeah, you can't use your spear... Could I use any without- items from my backpack? You can fumble about with your equipment. I would allow that, yeah. Do I think that if I trapped it in a net, that would incapacitate it? Or is my net... Like, are the holes too big or... The holes are definitely not too big to catch it. I just uh, have a net. Is it restrained? I would say, yeah, if you could catch it in the net, I would say that it would have to let go of you as well. Okay. Well, maybe with, with as it, like, clamps its beak onto my head, I reach wildly into my backpack, pull the net out, and fling it over the top of it, and maybe even pull it down. Unfortunately, no, you don't okay. lose the net, but when you throw it up and around, it... Oh, wait, no, you can do this twice. Oh, you yeah. You have two attacks. Yep, sorry, you try a second time. All right, so the first time you try to throw and grapple it in the net, the net just doesn't go over it properly. Maybe because of its eye stalks, it like the net kind of bounces off yeah, them and sure. doesn't grab them. So you reel the net back in, throw it again, and on your second attempt, you manage to cover pretty perfectly the top of this creature. The eye stalks go through all of the holes, and then you pull it down like it was a hot air balloon. <laughs> Um, am I out of the grapple? You are now out of the grapple. It has to release you because it is restrained. Restrained means that its speed becomes zero, attacks against it have advantage, and its attacks have disadvantage, and then the creature gets disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. Can I action surge? You can. I would like to action surge and whap it into a wall. All right. Like a basketball in a net. Critical hit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just a regular hit for the second one. All right, so that is probably bludgeoning damage. Rap on the knuckles doesn't make sense, <laughs> but it is just double damage, which is kind of what you want. So I'm going to let you choose. Okay. Rap on the knuckles, which doesn't technically make sense, but it's double damage. Yeah. Or stunning blow, which is maximum damage, and the target must make a DC 12 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the target is stunned. Uh, which would you prefer? Let's go stunning blow. You deal... Maximum damage would be only five. Okay. So you only deal five points of damage, but it needs to make a constitution saving throw. It passes, unfortunately. That's a shame. Your second attack is still a hit, though. You've done ten damage just throwing it into a fucking wall. (laughs) Great. Leaving a terrible stain, I imagine, on the wall. I would describe this as similar to having a bag of struggling rats (laughs) that you are slamming into the wall. That's bad. At least it's restrained. That means everyone else can kind of get a a comfortable hit on it. Everyone else is going to be fucking its day. All right. So it's going to try and just burst out of there with a strength check. It fails to do so. (laughs) You see the tentacles (laughs) try to push their way out. But the tentacles are actually not that strong. Most of the damage it deals is by psychically destroying its enemy's mind. So it actually just doesn't have a lot of room for strength there. <laughs> I would like to, as it tries to break out, be like, not today, fucker. It's the mercenary's turn. There's one less of them again. And they try to attack where? Hit 
hit two hits. Unky Dick takes 17 points of damage. You hear him bellowing in pain, genuine pain from the other room. And then he calls out saying, oh, wait, does he have... Oh, God, I've not been using his powers properly. (laughs) Oh, man. You hear Unky Dick screaming in the other room in pain and then in pleasure. (laughs) Oh, no. You can tell that he is fighting... He is launching an all-out war. Unky Dick has quite clearly stopped caring about whether or not he gets hit. He just wants to smash some fucking skulls. Right. All right, critical hit. Oh, boy. You see, Unky Dick, with greatsword in one hand, he lobs another fucking head (laughs) off. And then, with his other hand, he grabs one of the mercenaries by his crotch, lifts him up, and then squeezes (laughs) the man's crotch. Oh, no. You can see the crotch plate, the plate of metal that sits there, crumples, buckles, and bends in Unky Dick's hand. Oh, my God. Until you hear two little... (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. The man screams you think could be heard across the entire city. When Richard Ware lets go of this man, he collapses on the ground, not dead, not dying, just incapacitated completely. He's Gee just whiz. holding his Gee whiz. what's left of him. <laughs> wow. That was the Richard eunuch West. maker. The classic, <laughs> classic Richard Ware attack. So Thudu's oh, spiritual weapon gets a critical hit, and it is Spell Storm, triple damage. It, for a brief moment, turns into three weapons, all of which slash down for 24 points of damage. Hell yes. Then Thudu, she has disadvantage, but also advantage, so she just makes a regular attack. Unfortunately, I think that's a miss. Damn. Oh, no, it's just barely a hit. Sick. You bring the creature back around, like you're you're aiming to make another swing into the wall. And as you do so, as you bring it around, you put it in perfect range for Thudu, who lifts up her mace, brings it down on the creature, and you hear a sickening crunch as you are pretty sure Thudu has cracked whatever skull the creature might have in the dead center of its body. You see, out of what might presumably be an ear, a yellow liquid starts pouring out. The creature stops hovering and hits the floor. (sighs) (sighs) Then it is Zinwa Lin's turn. There's still combat in the other room. Mm -hmm. She fires another bolt of fire at the gnome on Ware's back. (laughs) She burns the gnome off Ware's back. You hear him call out from the other room, Cheers, love! (laughs) What a great team we are. The gnomes are all dead. So, Grace, it's your turn. You can still hear combat in the other well, room. Well, I'll head into the other room. There are five mercenaries. They're all ten feet away from where because none of them want to get <laughs> close to him. Where is covered in gore. That's so good. Um, His and others. Maybe, yeah. Can I can I get any of them with my spear? If I, sure. Like, can, I, can I reach them? Yeah, cool. Well, I'll just start attacking one of them with my spear. Your first attack is a miss. Your opening move is a miss. Yeah. As you try to spear him, kind of dead center in his chest, he lowers a, uh, a shield and it bounces off that. Then reaching backwards, you kind of make like a long, wide arcing blow going around his shield, spearing him in the side between plates of armor. You hear him cry out in pain. 
You deal nine points of damage, downing him. As you pull your spear back out, blood starts pouring out of his side heavily and with lots of flow to mm, it. Mm. He collapses forwards dead. Hell yeah. And it's the mercenary's turn. I reckon they give up. <laughs> they are just mercenaries. That's fair. They drop their swords and back up against the wall. Please, one of them says, maybe the one who was guarding the door when you arrive. We're just mercenaries. Hey, none of us expected this. <laughs> Feel right. free to leave. We're, oh, you just let them go? Yeah, well, well, maybe it's actually probably worthwhile questioning them, so I don't say that. Richard Ware slowly... <sighs> calms down. (laughs) None of them want to approach him. While we let Richard cool off, I'm assuming none of you, I mean, I have to imagine the gnomes were fairly tight-lipped about what's going on here, but you knew you were guarding something. We we were just here. They told us that we were going to have to maybe kill some people. Okay. And were we comfortable with that? That's all they said. Then they armed us. Okay, well, but you were inside. You saw what was happening here, yeah? Looked like some operation of some sort. I don't know. Okay. They go in in and out of that office a lot. We weren't allowed in the office, he says, gesturing to the one that you, you were let into. They see people there sometimes. What kind of people? Could you give me names? The guard captain. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, who else? Um, uh, Ryan Claimsalt. Okay. Claimsalt, sorry. Ryan Claimsalt. You know Ryan Claimsalt is the owner of the Axe of Lightning. Okay. Okay. Anyone else? Uh, no. Someone, uh, some other person. Like, a, um, I don't know. She was a priest. Yeah. I don't know her face. We're not local. I'm, I, I. Yeah. A big silver holy symbol. Do I know who that might be? No, you don't. Do I know what a big silver holy symbol might be? If I can't place the priest. Many clerics in the human pantheon. Oh, do you ask about it? Yeah. It was a sun and a moon, I think. Okay. Gnomes and Pania. Sure. All right. Well. Get a good boy card for finishing the fight. Hell yeah. Well, if there's nothing else you can tell us. No, that's it. I swear. Probably smart of you to get going. Make yourself scarce. They, without picking up their weapons, just scarper. All right. Okay. Well, turn to everybody. That's, I mean, we knew something like this was going to happen. Zin Walin kicks one of the gnome corpses, mm. the charred gnome corpses, <laughs> and says, we should better be quick about this. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm going to go into the office and just start searching through drawers. Maybe I'll... Click at the... That's a bit rude. Maybe I'll point point to the strange tentacled creature. Zen, if you could... I'll slide across my copy of Emmanuel de Monster. If you could get on identifying that. Maybe the rest of you explore the building, see what you can find. I'm going to look through this desk. I've uh, I've heard of this creature before, Zinwalin says. I actually... I, I know what it is. I take back Emmanuel de Monster. It's called a, a mind witness. It's a rare creature, but if a beholder can be stunned and brought safely back to the brine pool of, uh, of an elder brain, the lithid home, if they can bring it back, there's a, a long and complicated process to turn a mind witness into a, a beholder-like creature. Okay. It's not exactly an illithid, but it is in a way of their kind. It's not as intelligent. It serves... Um, they serve mostly as, like, guards or obedient slaves. 
question. So would it be incorrect or would it be not incorrect to assume that this is not where it ends? No, I would not say so. This is just another symptom. Okay. Elithids create these creatures and then they serve them. Sure. Great. Well, kind of great. We have made a step in the right direction. All right. So if you're talking about the solitary office, yeah. here are things to search. Sure. There's a desk. There's two bookshelves. There's a bed. And there's a big... Actually, let me roll for this. All right. So let me add to, let me add to the list a chandelier and a carpet. Oh, okay. Well, first oh, thing, and of course, the corpse of the gnome. Yeah, which I will also subdivide into smaller <laughs> sections of arms, legs, head, and torso. Well, head is ash, but yes. Uh, well, first thing I, I suppose I'll investigate will be the desk. Okay. Searching through the desk reveals only official-looking documents, mm-hmm. just above the board sort of stuff. You are not a very well. You are a learned man, but you're not very versed in the ways of a merchant. Yeah, you. I was about to say, you mostly make your money. You don't make your money. You were born into money. Absolutely. I'm privileged. You don't really understand how operating a business works. Mm. So you unfortunately really can't find anything out here. Um, I'll then look in the bookshelves. Both of the bookshelves contain some general books, just as in like books probably for entertainment to read, Mm. to enjoy. You can see that those books look undisturbed, definitely. No one has been reading for pleasure. There are some books that are like official-looking ledgers and stuff like that. They also look kind of undisturbed. It looks like the bookshelves are mostly for show, which does strike you as a bit weird. I feel like this whole room is for show, this whole operation. Um, I'll, I'll look at the bed next. The bed is completely undisturbed. Just, okay, I suspected as much. I don't think this, well, I was going to say I don't think this room is real zen, but that's not quite what I mean. I don't think anybody lived here. I'd like to, the chair where that gnome was sitting at, mm. is it just, like, stinky? <laughs> like, Oh, you try to work out if someone's been sitting there yeah. consistently? You can't tell. Okay. All right, I'll have a look at the gnome's body. Okay. Oh, what part do you want to search first? Let's go torso. Torso? You find stuffed into his breast pocket correspondence with a wife back in Zemjada, okay. the gnome's home, homeland. Sure. The correspondence is, for the most part, unopened, mm. and there's like a month's worth of letters. She maybe wrote twice or every two days. Most of them are unopened. They're just stuffed into his breast pocket. Can I open the most recent one? Uh, I assume you go through all of them. Yeah, yeah. But the most recent one maybe seems like... Slightly concerned? Yeah, slightly concerned. She says in her writings, uh, you you don't write back very often. I thought we promised that when you got there, we were going to write once every day. Mm. But you've been writing maybe only once a month. And then there's like a, like a plea, like your yeah. daughter misses you. Okay. Okay. I, um, I'll, I'll put that back in his breast pocket. And, well, I can't close his eyes, but <laughs> uh, I'll look at his legs just to see if there's anything of note there. His boots... You turn... Oh, get a good boy card. You rolled a 20. Hell yeah. You bring up one of his boots. His boots are covered in mud and little fine rocks. You can tell. You... Maybe geology is like a pastime of yours (laughs) in the quieter hours. You can tell that some of these rocks are from deep underground. 
there's like volcanic magma type rocks stuff that does not you would not find walking about especially in the city yeah but also around the countryside here he has been underground mm. i'd like to then my eyes dart to that carpet and i lift it up lifting up the carpet you find a recessed and semi-hidden trap door mm. i'd like to like stand up hands on my hips how's everyone feeling Thudu and Sir Ware are wounded, but while Ware nods and says, I'm ready for another fight, Thudu says, if it comes to it, I think I could handle this. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I relay everything. Maybe I even hold up the shoe. Uh, Look, as a young boy, obviously I I had a a tutor um, at the, the manor house, and one of the things, a subject that I did not enjoy, but which is burned into my mind, is geology. And these rocks, these rocks are not from around here. These rocks are from deep under the earth. They're volcanic. I gestured at the trapdoor. I think I know where the adventure leads. How about we take an hour, recom- re- you know, compress, we sort everything out, and then we head below. So in your short rest, how many of your hit die would you like to recover? Uh, might as well use... Uh, what's my hit HP on? You're on 30 out of 44. I'll, I'll use maybe... What am I hit die again? They're D10s, yeah? D10, yeah. D10 plus two for each die. I'll, I'll, I'll go one. Just one. You recover six hit points. I'd like to... Maybe I'll get at my... Well, in this hour, I get at my copy of Emmanuel de Monster and I'll just start, like, circling relevant information um, and what have you and jotting everything down in my journal. After a short rest, mm-hmm. maybe at some point town guard show yeah. up they there's uh i would say actually yeah uh lieutenant line shows up with two other members of the town guard yeah she says is everything okay i explain what happened here we we were just in inv- i had my suspicions like i said yesterday and so we came in here and pretty quickly it kind of turned to combat and bloodshed i gestured to the tentacled creature in its net mm. um and then i gestured to the trap door would you like a hand if you're willing she nods. I'll leave the two guards here to back us up, but I'll come down with you, and hopefully the five of us are enough. Yeah, well, they should be. She turns to the guards and says, if we're not back in ten minutes, tell people, uh, yeah, go get reinforcements. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that sounds about right. That stone, how deep does it come from? Do I think ten minutes is too little? Depends, mm. but ten minutes might be too little, yeah. I'd, I'd be like, maybe give it an hour. All right. She tells them to wait an hour and situations like this, I gesture to the trap door, typically lead to, you know, Mm-mm-mm. it's always hard to gauge. Okay. okay. Looking about, she says, she comments as well, were there only two gnomes? Yeah, there were. My understanding is that three were here. How recently? Uh, it, was all, it was all in the official paperwork for the gnomes. When... When we had the discussion last night, I yeah. checked on their paperwork, and their paperwork says three people to run this place. Well, my money is on down there. I point to the trap door. Mm. There's also the possibility that it could have fled, you know? Maybe, maybe. If the Nomish Trading Company did come here with the intent to just act as a, a mercantile institution, which I think they did, mm. th- this seems like an unexpected bump in the in the road, if you will. So, yeah. Maybe that one gnome just didn't want anything to do with this, or he's deeper in it than the others, and he's somewhere below there. A shrug. Yeah. All right. I'd like to go over to the trapdoor and maybe turn to the rest of the, the party and be like, you ready to save the city? 
Richard Ware gives you that wiry smile that either means that he's happy or he's about to kill. (laughs) 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 Oh, there's a lot to that. (laughs) Uh, Voodoo gives you uh, like a less sinister looking smile and a solid nod. Zin Willin doesn't smile, but that's her way. mm. She just seems like certain and confident. Open the trap door. You head down into the depths. What mysterious and deadly encounters await Grace's companions in the depths? Find out next time on Fall from Grace, Part 2, The City. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows on the Sandspans Radio Network, just head to sandspansradio.com and consider joining the Sandspans Plus community. There's over 20 bonus shows, a Sandspans Plus Discord, exclusive video content, and discounts on merch. Just head to sandspansradio.com and follow the links. What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. Hey pals, you know your smart, funny friends who always seem to have the best celebrity gossip? Personally, I I find it unsettling when I look at Britney Spears' Instagram. I'm talking about the ones who always know what you should be watching or reading or listening to. Pop Chat is a brand new podcast that does exactly that and feels like spending time with your best friends. I'm going to recommend a very good anime movie from 1997. Okay, well, this call's over now. Um. <laughs> no judgment, no judgment. So join me, Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud, and a panel of the smartest and funniest culture critics that I know as we dissect the discourse, but also have a great time doing it. It's where smart talk meets really big laughs, and it's coming to your feed starting September 16th. A-Cash, 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 A-Cash recommends. recommends.